Hello and welcome back to There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm your host TK, a high school teacher and pop culture enthusiast. In this episode, I'm Captain America. I'm joined by MCU fan Daniel in a discussion about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 6, One World, One People. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can follow me for updates and behind-the-scenes extras at nidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And please consider leaving a rating and review wherever you find your podcasts. Enjoy the episode. Today, I am joined by a special guest who has spent the past couple of weeks sharing his thoughts on The Falcon and the Winter Soldier on MCU Podcasts. It's fellow teacher and MCU fan, Daniel. How are you today, Daniel? I'm doing well, TK. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm very excited to talk about the final episode and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier overall. So thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thank you for being here. And as many listeners know, I've collaborated a few times with friends of the podcast, Trey and Jude, of the wonderful show MC You Need to Know. And that's how you and I got connected. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you know those guys? Sure. Um, so I am a teacher. Um, I teach theology and an administrator at a school. And um, I know Jude through that. And after kind of you know, getting excited about WandaVision coming up, I um, started messaging him um, because I don't work at the same school as he does anymore. It's been a little while. So because of COVID, we kind of fell out of touch, started texting him again. And he was like, I'm doing a podcast. Uh, I've been doing a podcast actually hid it from me, which made me sad. <laughs> but then I got to go back and listen to a bunch of his shows. And it got me really excited um, about you know, this kind of community of people who are making podcasts and talking about it online. And so that kind of got me introduced to this whole world of podcasts that everyone is is contributing to. Um, and it got me introduced to, to your podcast, which has its own unique flair. But um, I'm, I'm just, I love talking about television and I love talking about movies. And uh, my background, as I said, is in theology and philosophy, so I like big ideas. And so any time that those ideas are being wrestled with in a, in a program or television show uh, or a comic book, I just love delving into that with, with people. So, um, you know, I was really excited when you invited me on your show because that's exactly what you do. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm really glad that you you found this this little niche of of other MCU podcasters who are mm -hmm. similarly interested in 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 digging into those ideas. And you know, last week you were on MCU Need to Know, and that was a great conversation. It, it was funny. I was thinking about how that's how I, I learned your voice and your style was by listening <laughs> to that episode, which was a really cool preview before meeting you this way today. But so you, you you did say you have listened to my show before. So you know that the the intro question for all new guests is to share a little bit about your relationship to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. And um, I apologize to listeners of MC you need to know because they asked me the same question. I was a big comic book fan growing up. But I was a DC guy. I read a lot of Batman and Superman mm -hmm. from like middle school on and um, got into some of the um, X-Men stories in the 90s when I was in high school. And then 
the the I won't mention the the Batman movies, even though I liked them <laughs> at the time. Um, but but you know, X Men was really the, the big first big kind of comic book movie that that registered in in, in my psyche, and it was. I mean that that movie's aged so well. Mm-hmm. Um, very different from the MCU and the kind of style and the storytelling, but um, I just love those films. So that that was kind of my template for for those for for comic book movies. And then of course you had um, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, which are just kind of masterpieces. And, yeah. And so, but as I said, I, I I didn't really I wasn't really into kind of um, the kind of more standard. Marvel Comics, Captain America, Iron Man, Fantastic Four. Um, I had kind of read them a little bit, but I wasn't big into them. And then the Marvel Marvel movies started coming out, and I I was I kind of watched them. Didn't really get super excited about them. Other stuff going on in my life that was pretty important. I had to, you know, put that stuff kind of aside. And then in the lead up to Avengers, I got really excited about it. There was a lot of um, a lot of, you know, excitement around it. People were talking about it and I just loved it. And so that really, that's really where I started to plug in. And I went back and watched the earlier films and just kind of kept up with it since. And then really got excited about, you know, as the movies were coming out um, with, with friends, especially Jude uh, at work, talking about the films, leading up to the films, reacting to the films, uh, and so, you know, and that, and that's kind of, now I'm a, I'm a full fledged fan, fan, but, um, it was kind of later, later cool. coming. And I can relate. I I've been, uh, like you said, sometimes life throws you some curveballs, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I'd said, I've spoken to before my own relationship with the movies coming out over the past, well, now it's what, 13 years, there've been ups and downs of, of how much I was actively following or not. But what's been so wonderful in my experience with the MCU is, finding my way back in and hearing how other people have found their various entry points or re-entry points into it. And I think it's a testament to how great this universe is and how much we, yeah, we love it. I, I like the podcast format too, cause it's, it's, um, it can't, you can't help but be personal, yeah. right. And you talk about you, not to say that you're sharing personal details, but you're, you're sharing yourself and what's in, interesting to you. And then your fans react or you hear other podcasts or you think about it and you talk about it with other people. So it's, it's a really personal thing um, that everyone's kind of consuming. And so that's actually one of the reasons why I like the Disney plus shows is because it's serialized. So you can react to it week by week and then you can develop theories and stuff rather than a big event, like a movie, you know, which is exciting in its own, in its own way. But this is, it's, I think it's, I think, you know, the only other thing we have really is Agents of Shield, which kind of went on, on its own track. Mm-hmm. This this is really unique for for Marvel fans, I think. It is. It's it's a new, exciting uh, way to to get into a new phase of the MCU, and you know, because I'm sure, and I mean, I know that there are fans who felt like Endgame was the end of an era, and it was in a lot of yeah. ways. But for something like WandaVision to straight out the gate, really reinvent the way that we interact with the content within this universe and this show following suit as well. And like you said, just the week to week format kind of revitalizing the conversations within, within the the fandom uh, around it and, and not even just the fandom, right? The, the water cooler culture around these shows that have expanded even beyond people who were hardcore MCU fans. So it's been really, really cool. Quick shout out to the movie Batman forever. (laughs) 
that, oh, <laughs> I was a I was a kid when that movie came out, and so mm-hmm. that was uh, me and my brother. For some reason, we watched it over and over and over again on VHS, and. I guess that's telling that I guess it's uh, something that kids enjoy. But once you're older than nine or 10 and think about it too hard, you probably don't. Well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I was I was uh, I was in full Batman mode. So I and I was coming off the Tim Burton films, which I really enjoy. Yeah, those are great. Um, the, the you know, the, the anticipation for the third one was so great that kind of like the Star Wars prequel, mm. especially the Phantom Menace, you're like, you're going in with this, like, it's going to be great. I don't care what anyone says. I bought the movie posters. Oh, wow. I don't think I have them anymore, but like, it's, <laughs> it's just, it was, it was bad. I mean, it's bad. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, there's some, there's some doozies in there. Um, and they outdid themselves with the Batman and Robin sequel to that. So who knew mm-hmm. it could get worse? So sorry for that tangent, but, um, As we said, listeners of MCU Need to Know got to hear your thoughts on episode five last week. And today, of course, we're going to dig into the finale specifically, but the series is complete now. So I'm curious to hear about your thoughts on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a whole and what this experience with this series week to week was like for you. Sure. Um, So I, at, at the beginning... I, I was very excited about it coming off WandaVision, which I thoroughly enjoyed watching. I was very excited about it, but I was also nervous because I think um, WandaVision was so out there and unexpected, but also grounded in some real kind of MCU things, you know, with mm-hmm. the, the uh, sword and, 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 uh, and the kind of side characters coming in and, and, and good storytelling and all that. Um, I was like, okay, what are we going to get now? And, um, and so I, I wasn't kind of really sure. And I personally really liked the, 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 the way the series opened up and started. And I, I dug right into the characters. I felt the emotion. Um, I, I liked what they did week by week. Um, it, it, I, I mentioned this on, on the, the other podcast, but it reminded me of watching the show Lost when mm. it was on. And I, I'm a huge fan of the show Lost. Um, that might alienate some of your fans, and I'm sorry. But I, <laughs> I was I was a huge fan of that show. And um, it really was the first time that you had a show where um, people would – we would obsess over it week by week and wonder about what we saw. It was right around the advent of, of – DVRs and TiVo, everyone started to get them. And so you could record the show and you could watch it digitally. You could um, easily rewind and pause and and look at the background and and all the things that that are going on and really kind of speculate wildly. And so that's, I felt like that was, that was happening again. And you have, you know, your online communities and and I just, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And about midway through the series, you know, we had gotten a lot of, we'd gotten a lot of Bucky, we'd gotten a lot of Zemo and, you know, my friend Jude, um, and I think a lot of other people noticed, you know, we haven't really gotten Sam yet. And so that kind of put a big question mark leading into the last couple episodes. And I just think that it's paid off in, in really great ways. So I, I'm very, I have a very positive um, view of, of the series. I thought it, it landed well and it was very enjoyable. 
but also um, did some really uh, not risky, but just um, it confronted some big questions and topics that um, are, are like they hold at you know at any time in my life I could I could think of when they, 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 they are meaningful, but especially now in the United States, very, very important topics that, that need, we need clarity and we need, um, and when I say we, I mean viewers who are, you know, listening and reading and watching about these topics like race in America um, or, you know, the, the use of power. Um, we're, what I think we're given with Falcon and Winter Soldier is something that's that's done very well and very much puts it at the forefront and asks asks really tough questions um and i like where they go with it yeah i absolutely agree and that's one of the things that i wanted to reflect on a little bit more here today too is about about some of those questions and where the show has kind of landed on them and Mm -hmm. i absolutely agree with what did you say you said uh you weren't sure if risky was the right the right word um, and I, I just, I kept thinking about the word bold, right? I don't know if, if, uh, bold, that's great. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like it feels, yeah, it feels it bold. bold. And I, yeah. and, and WandaVision did as well in, in certain ways, right? WandaVision felt bold in the way it was playing with the genres and, you know, mm-hmm. right from the very first episode may have been, may have been alienating some, some viewers who were like, wait, what's going on? Right. You had to stick with it for it to pay off. And to, and to make emotion the yeah. main theme of the like grief is the main theme of the the show right and, exactly, and yeah. that, it's it's just so out there for a marvel for a marvel show uh or a comic book show you know or, or something yeah. like that um um i i like i like a, a program that um can find that balance between these tough ideas presented in a way that's kind of adult you know it's like it's like here here, we're going to think about this and it's going to be real. Um, so I like bold. I'll go with that. That's very good. Yeah. And I, I also like what you just said about the presentation of it being being adult, right? And I've thought about that a few times during this run of Falcon and the Winter Soldier that I know there there was maybe some whispering of, um, okay, if these Marvel series are going to be on Disney Plus alongside what we may associate with being your more typical Disney type fare, are they going to be watered down in a certain way in terms of maybe more of that mature content? And I think it's it's safe to say with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah, uh, that that yeah. is not a, a concern at all. Um, if that was anybody's concern, but I like that you know, and not just speaking to, of course, some of like the overt violence that we saw here that is certainly mature, but the presentation of the of the themes and of the the hard questions of the explicit connections that they grew increasingly explicit throughout the run of these six episodes connections to you know what's going on in our world today in our country today and i think that it trusts the viewership in a way that's really important and i know a quick shout out to my friends rich and shannon rich has been on the podcast a few times uh you know who are watching this with their with their boys who are eight years old and having you know having these deep conversations around it um, using it as, as learning and teaching moments, because here, you know, these are kids, kids are also fans of the MCU, right? And, and, and um, what a, a kid is going to get out of it, it might be very different from what, you know, we're getting out of it here today, talking about these bigger ideas. But the way that I think it's presenting that opportunity to dig into some of those conversations with, 
with younger people is uh, really powerful as well. That's, that's what a great story. That's, that's fantastic. I hadn't even thought about, I don't have children, so I didn't even think about that. Um, and that's, there are other shows like this. There, I can think of shows growing up where, you know, there, there, they, there'd be like the lead up to the big conversation, say between the dad and the son or something. Mm-hmm. And then they would fade to black, right? Cause the, the writers weren't bold enough to actually write it in a way that's plausible and impactful. Right. And what I found with television, there's, there's better television now that does this. Um, and I definitely think we got that with Falcon and Winter Soldier where they, they go there, you know, they have those conversations, you know, um, between Isaiah and Sam and they talk about their experience yeah. and they, they, it's not, it's not, it's, they, they don't sugarcoat it, but they don't, it's not, it's not a, a way of victimizing anybody. It's like, real, here's the reality and here, here's, here's how I feel about it and here's yeah. how I go forward with it. So, um, those are some of the moments, too, in these last two episodes where I got most emotional myself as yeah. I was watching. Same. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree. <laughs> yeah, before we do dig into the finale, I am curious if at this moment, if you have a, a favorite episode in this series so far. No, not so far. It's over. Uh, but as of this moment. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. As of this moment, I think episode five. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, before that, I think I probably, my goodness, I'd have to look at the episode titles. Um I, 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 I thought the first episode was, was so, so good. Yeah. Um, just, just in the way that they established Bucky's character and um, the Flag Smashers and Sam. It was just, there was so much going on that I really liked, um, that I really enjoyed. But, uh, you know, and maybe it's just because I, I had to talk about it on a podcast for, <laughs> for an hour and a half. Um, but um, there, there was so much going on in that fifth episode, not to knock the finale because I thought the finale was good, but um, I would definitely have to say the episode truth. There was just, there was so much going on with, 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 uh, with Bucky and from, you know, from Bucky and Zemo in the scene that, that kind of closed his, yeah. closed his story um, to, you know, up, up through with Sam and then Sam back home in New Orleans, you know, with the boat, that was just so good. And then him training and just, you know, deciding to carry that mantle um, and own it for himself. Uh, that that would be my, that's probably my favorite episode. Yeah, I loved it so much. What, and what I, about you? I, I agree. I think episode yeah. five is my top standout. And what I'm struck by in, in hearing you reflect on it is that what episode five and episode one have in common is that they do take that slower, more character study approach, right? To really kind of um, get into the headspace of where our characters are at in between, uh, or in the case of episode one, kind of before you really get into the brunt of the action or the plot. And I think that that was really powerful. And I think it worked really well in episode five, because now getting into the finale, I turn the finale on and I'm more invested in the action here. Uh, Speaking for myself. I'm ready to go. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so when, as soon as I see f- Sam fly in, you know, before you even really see what the oh. suit looks like, it's like, you know, what's coming. And we yeah. had all of that emotional <laughs> weight last episode. So, yeah. you know, I was I was ready for it. I was excited. Did you like like I've heard people kind of debate this online about, you know, oh, it should have been a movie or I don't like the serialized week by week or it's not that we they don't like the, how they broke it down. It's basically like a, like a 
like a four and a half hour movie or however, however many hours right. it turns out to be if you add it up together. Um, but you're, I could hear a case for, for the show just in the way you describe it. Like you, you, they built up the characters to pay off the finale. Whereas I feel like a TV, sh- a, a film doesn't have the space necessarily to do, I don't know, maybe you're a good filmmaker, but I don't know if you had thoughts on that. Yeah. That debate. I think that I'm, in in agreement with what you're um, with what you're suggesting, which is is yes, I think that the show format gave more time to some interiority for the characters that we otherwise would yeah. not have seen. And I think I think it was Mav last week on my show who said, you know, if this were a movie, you wouldn't get as much of a character like Sarah Wilson. Right, you might have her there in the background no. as a supporting character, but we actually had a chance to kind of really get into her her mindset in a way that we wouldn't have. And yeah. I appreciated that. I, I think it just makes the entire, the the scenery of Sam being home in Louisiana was really rich. I, I mm-hmm. think, you know, mm-hmm. getting the time to see Bucky in therapy in episode one. And I, I, yeah. I appreciated that. I, I liked the the yeah. show format for this, for this story. Yeah. Had it been a movie, it would have been a different story. And I'm sure if I was talking it about it, yeah, I, I think I would have enjoyed that too, right? But <laughs> I I appreciate there's nothing looking back on this show. I think I can say this confidently, like nothing I'm looking back on to say, oh, that could have been cut and you know, we could have shaved off some you know, maybe we could have shaved off five or ten minutes here or there, but there's nothing that I think could have been cut that would have shaved off two hours. Yeah, you know? I I I the the only place this is going, jumping ahead in something that I had thought about already, but um I can talk about it here because I mean, I, I get, I get annoyed when, um, when there's a lot of criticism about something that people love without spending time with what they like about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so sometimes when I talk up, when I talk to some of my friends, none of whom we've mentioned already, um, <laughs> will just jump to the critiques and I'll say like, it's such a great, sh- like rewind 10 years nothing was like this i can't point to one show that that did so much right. in so little um so, so but you know hearing what you said you know if 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 this show had been one more episode or if you had expanded each episode a little bit more the one thing i i think would have served the story better would be um to to give carly and her um and her i don't know how to say this like her characters like the people with her right but just basically what she represented more space to be able to develop what it is we're talking about with sam and with bucky and even zemo and 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 and, and sarah wilson i i wish we had I, th- I feel like we i feel like they thought they were giving it to us when we see her i don't know if it's her mother or her the person who right, raised her like mother figure. Away, she's gonna, yeah, like we get a little bit of that, but it didn't click well or it wasn't. Maybe I have to go back and rewatch it, but I feel like I was wanting more of that because it was so good with the other characters. I wanted that for her. I think it would have made the finale that much more satisfying. I, I don't know if you agree. agree no, agree I, I definitely do agree with that. I think mm-hmm. I think leaving this finale, the that was the the piece that felt the I, I don't I almost don't even want to say weakest, but that felt the um the least complete. And mm-hmm. I 
also, and, and maybe this is a little bit more critical than I usually get, but I have also wondered if some of the lines that Carly uh, shares in the show, if they were even as powerful as they were because Erin Kellyman is such a compelling, cool, powerful actress. Because I noticed that there's... I feel like there's a lot of retreading of the same ground episode to episode with check in with her. And it, it feels like she's kind of saying a lot of the same things. And I uh, think, again, I, I think that the actress is incredible. And I think that she brought yeah. so much to this role. And I wanted to yeah. see more of her. Um, like you're saying, I think that if there was a little bit more time here, it would have been amazing to be able to get that time with her and and the group of people surrounding her, too, because... Yeah. There have been, there were little hints here and there that some of them didn't entirely agree with the direction she was going in, but that never yeah. really went anywhere. So, so yes, I'm in agreement. And I think if, if I have a, a harshest critique at all, it's that I, and I haven't gone back and rewatched the whole series again now in its mm -hmm. entirety, but I, I, that's one of the things I'm going to be looking for when I do is to kind of say, Hmm, if it weren't for Aaron Kellerman, like, how would this have read? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. She's, she was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, I think that it, like, not, if, if we had, like, just seen the camps. Right. Like, I'm being very literal here. Like, if we just seen the camps and gotten that, that, that empathetic connection, like we had with Bucky and with Sam and to some extent with Zemo yeah. in, in, in his reflections and, you know, because I think it would have lent lent weight to like I love Sam's speech to the senators. I call it Sam's speech, like when he when he <laughs> preaches. Yeah, you know, and and like it's a fine line. It's like, is it cheesy? And and I I fall. I loved it. Um, but I'm like, if if we had if we had that reality in our imaginations while he's giving that, I just it would have it, it would have grounded it much more maybe we don't need it but like i mm. I, I i i would i would like to see that story maybe that's all yeah. i would have liked to have seen that story no that's a really great point i also too yeah. uh when it comes to to the speech and and we'll talk a little bit more about the specific words he says in, in a little bit but i too had that moment especially the first time i watched it where i was like is this a little heavy-handed? And I think I think the answer is I think the answer is yes, it, it is. But I also didn't mind because as 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 I've Captain mentioned, America. right? As I've mentioned before, I'm a huge Captain America slash Steve Rogers fan, and some cheesiness and some you know that that sense of optimism and the the speechifying and the like it, it comes with the territory, and so I like it. Are you a Firefly fan? <laughs> yes. Yeah, feature flying. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't watched Firefly in years. I didn't catch my yeah, own, uh, my own reference there. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's the shows like the the Joss Whedon verse was a huge part of my adolescence, and so Buffy. A lot of the language used in Buffy has just been become part of how I speak, and I'm not even aware of it half of the time. Yeah. No. That's 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 probably that. That could speak indirectly to why I enjoy your podcast so much, because I am also very, very, very much in, in you know, brought up in the G Joss Whedon, you know, Buffy and and uh, Angel and um, and his and Firefly and uh, Serenity, fantastic, yeah, fantastic, show. yeah, so fantastic. I I 
rarely go an episode without referencing Buffy. So there it is. Um, so we've, we've started to talk about it already, um, but backing up just a little bit, you know, what mm-hmm. did you, what did you think of the finale overall? If there, if there's anything that you haven't, uh, shared yet. I, I mean, there, there, there are specific aspects to it that I liked. Um, so I, after watching the fifth episode, my initial, my initial thoughts about John Walker was mm-hmm. that he was done but then after rewatching it and talking about it with Jude and Trey, I realized he's coming back. Like he is, he's coming back. And my prediction was that he's going to come and, and mess things up. And so I, when, when I watched him come back, I was like, okay, here, here it goes. But what we got was a, was his kind of somewhat twisted redemptive arc. And, and, and you, you kind of see it's very kind of apparent he struggle. He, he he comes in. He's gonna fight her. It's not a bad thing because Bucky needs some help. And mm-hmm. then he has a decision to make: Am I gonna go go run after Carly, or am I gonna save these people? And they 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 show you by not showing you that he that he does. And so I really liked that. I actually I I'm very surprised by how manipulative is, is that the <laughs> word that Marvel was with the character of John Walker because yeah. you I never I, I think I thought differently about him at the end of every episode or, or what, so like the beginning the beginning of a series you see him and he winks at the camera and everybody hated him right <laughs> and then they pull the rug out from under you in, in the start of the second episode when you you see him as a human being and and you kind of you kind of, you go along with him and you're like oh my gosh like this, this is great, you know. And then they 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 flip that on its head um, and make him the worst ever, right. flooding the shield and and making him he's a murderer, right? And then and then but then you feel for him again as you realize that he's he's a cog in this machine, yes, and he's being cast aside like trash. And so at the end of that episode, you're like, what's going to happen? And so I was, I, I think I ultimately I'm pleased with with the fact that he's he made the decent choice. Um, that doesn't make him awesome. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, and then I don't know where that goes with the, the, the whole U S agent. That's kind of an open question, but I was, I was pleased by, by that, that story arc. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm really glad that you brought that up because you are bringing up your, your, excuse me, you're previewing what I kind of wanted to get into in a little bit about like the main thematic statement that I think comes out mm. of this episode in the show. So you're, you're previewing that. So we'll come back to it. And I um, can't wait to hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We hadn't, we hadn't specifically discussed cause I, I was formulating these thoughts uh, just earlier today. And you're mm-hmm. also touching on the arc that I was the most iffy about the first watch of this episode that I did on Friday night. So I Mm -hmm. mentioned this before we were recording that my feelings on this episode have developed over the the three times that I've seen it now over the past couple of days. And Mm -hmm. at first, I think specifically the arc that you're mentioning here about Walker was the one that felt kind of rushed for me. And Mm -hmm. I felt confused by and just wasn't sure if, if I liked it. And yeah. I, in addition to that, I felt like, okay, you know, the finale is, is a tough thing because TV shows have finales, but movies don't really have finales, especially in the MCU when they're so connected together. And so yeah. I think what we saw with the WandaVision finale is that 
similarly, a lot of people felt like, oh, maybe, you know, certain aspects were rushed or it wasn't completely satisfying. So there were some some feelings like that that I had. Uh, Carly as well and the Flag Smashers I was yeah. another thing that I was reflecting on as not being among my favorite aspects of, of how this story wrapped up. All of that being said, there are some absolutely beautiful moments in this episode. A couple of moments that are among the strongest moments of this series and in the company of the highlights of the entire MCU, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. this episode was also exhilarating. Like there were some of the scenes, I mean, the action is like the entire first half of the episode and it's so yeah. good. I would have loved to see it on yeah. the big screen. It was so good. And then in addition to that, uh, we, we already mentioned the some of the emotions that came up. I definitely teared up during a couple of these scenes that we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, th- those strong aspects of this finale outweighed any of the the weaker parts for me. And with Walker, I definitely felt like after rewatching it a couple times, I was watching him and I was watching some of the subtleties in his movements and his facial expressions even. And I think it's a credit to Wyatt Russell's acting that yeah. I think a lot is communicated in those small ways that I didn't even pick up on the first time that I saw it. And mm-hmm. that kind of uh, changed my opinion on it. And, and we can get a little bit more into that in a bit. Cool. Throughout this series, I've talked with guests about the various concepts and symbols that have stood out. So the symbolism of the shield, uh, themes like legacy, power, what it means to be a hero, and we've also talked about examples of, uh, re- you know, real world examples in American history that are mm-hmm. analogous to the struggles of some of the characters in this show, specifically as it relates to racism with Isaiah Bradley's story. And uh, you mentioned this a little bit earlier too, Daniel, there's a lot of rich thematic material in this series. And what I love is that on the one hand, many of the concepts here are in conversation with earlier installments in the MCU. I think, Mm. right? Like, I think we've seen a natural development in what the symbolism of the shield is, for example, or the concept of what it means to be Captain America, right? If you kind of go back, and I'd love to do this and watch all of the entries that fall within the Captain America subverse (laughs) of the MCU, I think that what this show does, while it is a bold new direction, also is in conversation with with those earlier moments. I think it's a a progression. And in addition to that, we've also entered some new territory for the MCU, specifically making Sam being black explicit. And Mav brought that up last week. And in the past, it was something that um, was just never addressed uh, in good, Mm -hmm. bad, or otherwise ways. And it adds that layer into the conversation about what it means to be Captain America And on top of that, I love how this series is our third entry in the MCU to dig into the implications of the post-blip world. And again, it's in conversation with what we've seen in WandaVision and Far From Home, but it also Mm -hmm. further complicates it. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Now, in the finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there was an idea about there was an idea about choices in addition to all of these other concepts. And that relates to what you were um, getting at before, Daniel, when it came to John Walker. And it relates to the thematic statement that I have previously argued comes up in all of these superhero identity stories. And that's kind of about, you know, who you are, right? Your identity comes down to those choices that you make. 
And what mm-hmm. is so interesting to me about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier as an installment in all of this is that many of the characters here have operated in the gray area, right? Not bad or good or necessarily hero or villain. Um, so looking at those choices, it makes it clear, like those categories don't always fit, but the choices mm-hmm. do reveal what the character's moral compasses are. So I think yeah. that's a really interesting lens to kind of look at Walker, who you've already touched on. He makes a good choice <laughs> in this episode. And we can see that it's not, you're not, you're not being hegemonic here. It's like, no, 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 no. He did the right thing there. I think we can, we can agree. Yeah. You know, he, he, he had, and he had it. He knew it. They, they dramatize it. Um, he kind of like twitches. Yeah. Like he like holds his head and he, and he twitches. So he has to struggle with it, which is like, come on, dude, you're supposed to be a superhero, you know? Um, and then, and then, you know, he, he, he makes the right choice. I think it's just interesting to reflect on given what you've already brought up as well, because just as you said, just because he makes that right choice in this instance, it doesn't mean, okay, he's a good person. Okay. He's a hero, but it does give us some insight into why he's doing what he's doing, right? It gives us some insight into who he is and what his moral more than anything with characters, right. Or with people, right. You, uh, I'll speak for myself. I appreciate seeing a consistency in yeah. what is driving you and the choices that you're making. And so for this character, you can argue he's been very inconsistent and, and he has, mm-hmm. but I think that we're also in, in looking at the choices that he's making, kind of seeing how he's developing and how his own sense of who he wants to be is developing. I, I think it's really interesting that he had his medal of honor in the shield, like on the inside of the shield. So he's As a reminder. looking up at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that was that was interesting, um, and I I also noted that so 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 um, I could I could just run with your your idea here on choices in, in regards to many of the characters because it's stark. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about um, Bucky and Zemo uh, in front of the Sokovia, um, and, and the, the, the 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 ramifications of choice there where Zemo um, basically gives himself up and, you know, doesn't kill Bucky. Or he says he's not going to kill Bucky, even though that's his kind of prime directive to yes. all super soldiers. And then Bucky shows him in this dramatic fashion, <laughs> I am not the Winter Soldier, even though he doesn't say it. And, um, and, then, and then you have Sharon, um, which I'm sure we'll talk. I, I do want to talk about her later, but just just to put it in your listeners' minds, um, the choices they make. What's interesting about John Walker, because I think you're right about the, the the what are we getting here with him? He makes the right choice here, but at the very end, when Val gives him the uniform and he comes out and she says, "We need a U.S. agent. Mm-hmm. I'll call you." And then as she leaves, he says, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Yeah. And I'm like, that is John Walker. He's 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 self-absorbed. I mean, he's very much concerned with his with who he is. And um without that, he's nobody. And so mm-hmm. he's just like, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. It, that's all that matters to him. It's it's very selfish. Um, and I don't mean that in a childish way. I mean it in a he's he's very much concerned about himself. And that's in contrast to 
Sam and Bucky and even Zemo. Um, right. And Carly, you know, I mean, all, th- all four, all, all those other characters who are, who are a part of this mix. I, I think about this series in terms of the idea of power, yes. which you brought up before in the show. So that's how I, I kind of categorize them. And I have this way of, of thinking about them and how they relate to each other. But it's the same thing on this question of choices. And I think John Walker represents one important aspect of that. And it has to do with this selfish drive, like, like his quest for power, you know, is, 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 is about getting more and dominating. And that's, that's kind of what you see. And he's, he's kind of, I was a little sad because I'm like, oh, he's, he hasn't changed. <laughs> right. You know? I'm back. Right. It almost sounds yeah. like a, a suggestion yeah. that, hey, I, I momentarily had this moment of, of doing the right thing. But it's it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes. And I think mm-hmm. those two themes that you're talking about, too, with choices and power, I mean, they relate to each other because we'll talk about yeah. this in a bit. But Sam even kind of Sam essentially says to the to the senator and the other leaders, like it's it's the choice about what to do with your power, right? That, that matters. He's he's totally explicit. He says, this is one of the, I didn't write down much for this. He says, Oh, because I'm like, okay, I spent a lot of the series. um, It was very easy for me to, um, to make explicit what John Walker's view on power was and what Zemo's view on Zemo's like there, this, he, he needs, he needs to destroy these, supreme humans it's 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 like against nature they're 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 bad you know they're bad for humanity but at all costs so he's he he has no moral quandaries about like doing horrific things in order to achieve his goal but i i kind of struggled with articulating what sam and bucky represented in relation to all of the other ones and sam says it during his speech he says only power the only power i have is I believe we can do better. Yeah, that's what he says. So I, I'm like, okay, there we go. Like we have it, you know. Um, and and um, and so I'm glad you. He's 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 he says it. It's great. Yeah, I I agree too. I I noticed the same thing that I was like, all right, there it is. Like he's explicitly saying, you know, what his his characters mission statement is going to be right and, and that's something mm-hmm. that we got a lot out of out of steve rogers as well and yeah. it's it stands also in contrast to walker who ultimately it seems like is struggling with his um the the his sense of self that is externalized or validated by other people and and probably a mm-hmm. lot of that comes from the fact that as you mentioned he feels as if he has been used or he has always kind of been been used he's been cast in a role he was cast in the role of of this soldier and cast in this role of captain america and now he's falling into i'll be u.s agent right kind of like tell mm-hmm. me what to be um which then i think comes into contrast with his trying to figure out who he is and we get yeah. some hints at that in his conversation with lamar in episode Four, I believe, when he's like, "Hey, would you take the super soldier serum?" Excuse me, say that three times fast. Um, would you Would you take the serum if if you if you could? And and he shows that vulnerability. I think I think ultimately he's a very insecure person, right? Which means yeah. that he's a very selfish person because he is not quite sure who he is. And yes, again, he makes that right choice to put saving those people 
ahead of getting his his vengeance against Carly and chasing yeah. after her, which is is he going to continue to make decisions like that? Because so I got the sense in that moment though that it, that even that wasn't about the glory of oh there are people watching let me do this thing because I think that his face acting and everything else the fact the fact that he throws down his makeshift his makeshift yeah. shield does suggest like that he was doing this because it was right that it wasn't about yeah. people watching. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. That's why I loved it so much. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great moment. Mm. And really uh, he's a, he's a complicated character. And so I think that that's where, <laughs> that's where my, my feelings, you know, like I said, over the weekend have, have developed a bit because I think at first I was just like, what's going on with this guy? I was confused. I was like, mm. come on, like this is happening too fast. And now I'm confused. But I think that I, uh, I'm glad that I took, took new eyes to it. Um, a couple of, of, of different times as I, as I watched this weekend. And I also want to shout out a listener of mine called Danny, who, who is not you, Daniel, um, <laughs> but a, another listener called Danny who had uh, messaged me. We were actually chatting a little bit over Instagram. So shout out to him. And he, he pointed out that Walker, because I had mentioned like feeling some of these inconsistencies with, with Walker and he uh, pointed out that he took it as Walker really like there was something to Sam's speech that got through to him. And I looked at that as well when I rewatched it. And there's really, again, Wyatt Russell does such a good job with his, his face as he's acting. And it really does look like he's, he's taking in and he's listening to what Sam is saying. And I think that little nod between the two of them, I think is, uh, is important. Yeah. He didn't say anything when Sam walks by, he, Sam, Sam's not asking for anything, but, but Walker gives him a nod and, but that's it. He doesn't ask him anything. He just stands there. I think it's just that, that imperceptible communication yeah. of, yeah, I, 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 I know who you are and who I am in this, in this, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be something I'm, you know, that's you. Yeah, he I, I like that little interaction. I noticed yeah. that too. I definitely noticed that too looking at some of the the standout moments in this episode, standout uh, character, I guess really standout character moments. And, and I'm sure we can connect it to this idea of how the character relates to power and the types of choices that the character is making as we go through. Are there any particular characters or scenes that you'd like to dig into next? The one thing that I, that I heard in Sam's speech that relates to uh, Carly and her relationship to power mm. um, is when Sam, this is something I said, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I definitely said it to Jude um, was when Sam is saying only the only power I have is, is I believe we can do better. And then he says, who is in the room with you when you're making those decisions? Yeah. Is it the people who have be, who will be impacted or just the people who are in the room with you? Some, something like right, that. People like you. Um, right. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Then he says, um, you have as much power as an insane God or a misguided teenager. The question is, how are you going to use it? Which goes to your point about choice. But what I wanted to, what I, what, what I feel like this highlights about Carly's claim to, to, to a, to a uh, moral perspective, like her as devolved as she, as her, as her choices get where she's basically so much so that she's making these choices so much so that the people, her followers basically are like, what, you know? And she's like, we'll yeah. just kill them if we don't. And they're like, what? You know, I mean, even they're like questioning her, but, 
as an idea, you know, she's looking for recognition. If it basically, if the, um, if the, if the, the interest of the flag smashers or the, or better put the people in these camps who had been, you know, who are basically refugees, if their interests have been represented and recognized in the discussions of the GRC that was leading to that vote, I don't think there would be an issue. I don't think there would be a conflict. I think that, that they, they would, they would be, they would have a seat at the table and they would be able to, they would be heard. But the way that this is structured now, they're not being heard. They're just being treated like outlaws basically. And that's Sam's point is, is like, you know, do, do, who's in the room? Do they have a seat at the table? And that, that to me is Sam recognizes in a crystal clear way, Carly's claim without validating her methods, some of which are probably, some of which I think are legitimate. I I think until this episode, Carly really has a very strong claim. Yeah. Um, You know, because, because, and that's why I said I wanted more of her story and the, and the, and the plight of her people, because I think it's, it, I think it's really important for imaginations as, as, as viewers, because I think it connects to something very real in our world. And, and, um, um, yeah, so, so that's the other, that's the other thing that I would kind of bring in. We talked about Walker, we talked about Sam, wanted to talk about Carly yeah. a little bit more. And that's, that's, that's where it connected for me is, is when Sam, Sam said that. Well, and to your point, too, so the title of this finale is One World, One People, which is the mantra here for our yeah. quote-unquote bad guys, right? The antagonists of mm-hmm. the series. And I think that's the way of the, the show kind of underlying, like, underlining y- this person ultimately made the wrong decisions and mm-hmm. has been you know, punished by the text here and that, you know, as a villain, right, she is is killed off. Um, but then you have our hero, you have Sam, our protagonist, who car- carries her her body in that really beautiful yeah. scene and carries her message. Mm-hmm. And and, yeah. and it's the show saying, yeah, the Flag Smashers weren't it. Carly wasn't it in the way that she was um, approaching this. You know, she was driven uh, to, she was radicalized and the choices that she made means that she couldn't be the hero here, but her message is one that we are, are, uh, you know, rubber stamping one world, one people, right? Nothing wrong with that. Um, so I think that's very, that's really interesting. And I also think connecting to what you were just saying that Carly, um, yeah, I'm really intrigued by what you said, like, right. It wouldn't have gotten this far to this place that it did if uh if if there was just some diplomacy right if she or or the people that are are in her plight had this seat at the table and and she kind of even says to Sharon I, I wrote this line down which I think connects she says to Sharon you wanted to control a world that hurt you I wanted to change it I'm not interested in power or an empire I have bigger dreams yeah, yeah. I want to know what those are yeah <laughs> well, I can imagine it yeah I can imagine it I mean like but yeah I forgot about that and this is so a, a character who, you know, uh, we were talking earlier about how we, we wish there had been a little bit more fleshed out to that story. But I think one of the moments that succeeds well is when she's talking with, I believe it's Dovich in episode three, I want to say, and she's uh, kind of cracking a smile and seems youthful and and is saying, you know, I thought maybe I'd be a teacher someday, right? Like thinking, okay, what what was the alternate path 
for for <laughs> this character. Um, what could those dreams have been um, yeah. if she hadn't gone down gone down this way? One more note on Sam's speech since we were talking about it. I do appreciate his um, the attention that he draws to language and don't call them terrorists, right? Uh, yeah. What do you think people are going to call you? Labels like terrorist, refugee, thug. They often get they're often used to get around the question why. And I think that's extremely valuable and insightful and yeah. obviously something that relates to. And he throws in there the code. Of, he says terrorist criminals, thugs, yeah. which is a, which is, which has, uh, is a coded racial. Yes. He, he's, he's, he's folding in his identity um, because that's what makes him. Um, that's what gives him authority in this moment. He's like, he's like, don't tell me this isn't comp. Don't tell me about complicated. You know, he's, he says, I'm a black man wearing the, the, the stars and stripes. I know what complicated is. I love that. I loved yeah. it. I loved it. Yeah, he talks about the stares and the judgment, and he's feeling it even mm-hmm. now. There's nothing I can do to change it, yet I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, continuing on uh, with talking about Sam a little bit, that also comes up in his conversation with Isaiah Bradley. And uh, I love I love when Eli answers the door and he's just like, "What do you want, Black Falcon?" <laughs> and uh, which is which is really fun. And and I you know Isaiah says he's not Falcon anymore, but he's still black. And and you know yeah. Isaiah, who understandably says to to um, Sam, "Hey, this isn't going to be easy." While he also says you're special and and tells him he's not Malcolm or Martin or Mandela, which I liked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and again, just to underline the point one more time, he says Black Captain America, huh? And and Sam just says, "Damn right." I'm. And then he says, yeah. "You know, I might fail. Shit, I might die. But we built this country, bled for it. I'm not going to let anybody tell me I can't fight for it." And I think that you know you there have um, again Sam's rationale sam's motivation for taking up this shield and taking up this mantle even after isaiah had previously kind of said to him you know no self-respecting black man would want to do this it's sam saying i'm going to decide for myself and sam saying you know my choice is going to reflect the way that i am viewing who i am my identity how i can use my power to make the world a better place so that what happened to you doesn't happen again and I'm not going to let yeah. anybody tell me what I can or can't do, whether it's Isaiah Bradley, who he clearly super respects, or it's somebody else. Yeah. He, and, and what he says after, that was the other, other big moment that I had, I had um, made a lot of notes about was um, the quote that you said, um, because I wanted to zone back on that moment when Isaiah says, you almost had me there, which is yeah. like super high praise, right? Because here you got this grumpy old man. Yeah. Um, who who is just like you're not going to persuade him right and yeah and 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 he laid it all out the episode before in in this you know and and then and then sam says he flips it on him though he says um i'm not gonna let anybody tell me i can't fight for it not after what everybody before me went through including you and he looks right at him yeah i just thought that was so powerful and that's when isaiah's like y'all must have me um and and um i i um I made a point in the last um, episode when I was talking about that with, with Jude and Trey to point out all the moments when I thought that Sam really had like a, a Steve Rogers moment, like where he really mm-hmm. kind of captured that, that, that Captain America um, character or persona and the line. So right after, um, is it um, Eli is uh, the nephew? Yeah. 
he grandson, says, um, black, he says, black, oh, it's grandson. He says, Black Falcon. And Sam says, you're going to have to learn some manners. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> and he's dead serious. Like, he's not even, his face is just like side eye. You're going to have to learn some manners. <laughs> so yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was a, a good Captain America moment. Um, he's got, he's got it. I mean, he just, he, he, I think, and this is what, part of the reason why I liked episode five so much was because uh, up until that point, I wasn't seeing it. Like I love Sam and he's fantastic, but it wasn't, it wasn't, I, I kind of have to go back now and watch to find those threads because it all just came together for me in, in seeing him as, as Captain America, yeah. as, as what, who he is. Um, yeah. I, 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 um, I, I actually paused, you know, when they go to his memorial yes, and to Isaiah's memorial, you can pause it and you can read maybe two thirds of the plaque. And it's, it's very um, cut and dry about what happened. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't hide anything, which I thought, I don't know if you, if you had done that. I haven't. You can, you can, you can read it and it's point by point kind of what the story is. Um, and it says, you know, the government, cover this up and members of the government cover this up and erased it. It's, it's, it's very stark. It's not like sugar coated or anything. So I thought that was, I I thought that was really nice. Yeah, that is. And thanks for doing that. I haven't done that because each time I've watched that scene, I have cried. (laughs) Uh, I I didn't, you know, the first time I, I, of course, you know, it really hit me. It was super emotional. And subsequent times, same thing. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. a very, very powerful scene to see. So first of all, the Smithsonian exhibit gets me every time. When we saw it in trailers, when we saw it in episode one, when when Sam was yeah. walking through with Rhodey, it's just so powerful to to look at all of the legacy and all of the history right there. And um, And yeah, in this episode to see Isaiah and Sam and Eli kind of representing three different generations. And uh, I think it's really cool that Eli was there as well, not just because from what I've heard uh, from listeners of, uh, sorry, from readers of, of the comics that he will be a, a an important character moving forward in the MCU, likely, mm-hmm. or it's possible he will be, but not just because of that, but because I, I do think it's important that you see, like you said, kind of the the older man who has been through the the ringer uh, to <laughs> to say the least and who has come out embittered understandably you know sam mm-hmm. who is optimistic who is captain america now and so he has that but you know he he's also that bridge between isaiah and then you know this younger generation and we see it in episode yeah. five with his nephews as well and he's being the symbol for them that they can look up to and say you know, for Sam, if he, the reason why, at least I think, you know, he's giving up the shield in the first place that uh, he didn't keep it and and he gave it to the museum was because, you know, the only people <laughs> that he would have had to look up to in this situation were like Isaiah, who were erased. He didn't even know Isaiah yeah. existed. And then he hears his yeah. story and it's like, well, how do I fit into that? You know, like, look yeah. at look at how history has treated these, you know, my predecessors in this case, right? Um, whereas now you have Eli, you have the nephews who can look at Sam and say, look at how, look at the choices he's making, look at the power he has and what he's doing with it. Uh, you know, TK, you know, you, you, this is what you do, right? You, so at the beginning of this, this series, 
you highlighted the Smithsonian scene, and now it is bookended. You know, the only thing I think that happens after this is is like Sam and Bucky in New Orleans, right? Like the cute little cookout and, and, scene, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, and they have that like that buddy comedy moment where they're both looking out the sunset, they smile at each other, and you almost, and that's when it says the the Captain America oh, Winter so Soul. Good. That's literally how it ends. So the whole show is bookended by, for the most part, by Sam and the Smithsonian and the Shield, and he says. And I was reminding you, as you were talking about um, the three generations and how symbolic it is, yeah. like the shield doesn't mean any, what is, what's the line? I know you know it. The shield doesn't mean anything without the people behind it or something. Yeah, yeah. He says um, the, the women and men who give it meaning. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're seeing. Yeah. The shield isn't there at the end, but it's the, these, these, these three men, these three men, you know, the, the, the boy, Sam and, and Isaiah, and they are they are in that that space that has now been, you know, it, it's been it, it incorporates the fuller story, yeah. and um, it's so powerful. I love it. I, I think that's I hadn't thought of that, and now now I think it's 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 very um, it's very whole. It's very rich. Yeah, not what you'd expect. I think from from uh, you know when I talk to um, I. I I've always had this experience reading comics, but for people who, who never read comics, and I'm talking about when I was maybe in my teens and in my twenties, um, people kind of look at me like comics, like, and that's for kids. I'm like, you don't, you don't, you don't know. You don't mm-hmm. get it. Like, unless you pick it up and read it or unless you, you watch it and really think about it, you're not going to get it. And they're not for everybody, but I, I definitely think that, that it's, it's, it's ripe and it's there to be picked. So thanks for making that connection. To what you're speaking to, I, I think it's similar with, uh, you know, with these types of movies and things like that. Not everybody gets it or or, or has a, a certain stereotype of, of what they think th- these types of movies mm-hmm. or shows might be or how they operate. And uh, and as you said, you know, everybody's got their own thing that they're into or not into. But I think that what's been so wonderful talking with people like you and, and Trey and Jude, among others, you know, all of the people that I've talked with on the podcast is to... Um, that we are, you know, we are uh, looking at it in these ways and seeing how how much there is that resonates with our own lives and, and how many powerful messages we really can take into, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to be good people <laughs> and make good mm-hmm. decisions in, in our own lives as well. And I've spoken before about how that's why, you know, I find uh, Captain America to be a, a very aspirational character and in the past i've been you know imagine like steve rogers captain america is the one that i was talking about but i think mm-hmm. we see that sam wilson's captain america has that in common with him and on top of everything else that we've talked about in terms of his relationship to to his his race and how he's this role model i i kind of like that he's a little edgy and he will curse here or there <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i guess we haven't spoken about bucky as much in how he wraps up in this episode. Do you have any Bucky thoughts? Oh, I mean, I, they, they've had some very good Bucky moments in the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. One I mentioned already was in front of the Sokovia monument with Zemo. Yes. And then mm-hmm. this one, I mean, it's just, it, it was, it was, um, it was what everyone predicted, right. That he would go um, and, and uh, speak with Yori and give Yori closure, Yes, which he did, which was, it was, um, it wasn't as emotional for me as I expected, but what got me was when 
when you see the gift that Bucky gives to his therapist and he, and she takes out the book and opens it, you see that he's crossed off every name yeah. that surprised me. I was very um, caught off guard by that. And even though you don't see it happen, I kind of took that as he just like went and did everything right away. Like it was like, it was like once he understood what he needed to do and he understood how it felt and now it, it, it's like something clicked with him and he just, just did everything like, like, like he was holding on to it all yeah. um, before. And now it's just like, it all just flows out of him and he's, and he's able to move on. Yeah. Um, that was very satisfying for me. And then I love any, any, I really liked Bucky flirting with Sarah. Same. I just got a big <laughs> kick out of it. And it, it, it was, I don't, I wonder if it was like that, the, that the actors had good chemistry and, or they, or they wrote it in, but it was just like, from the very moment they were, it was there and I noticed it. Yeah. And then I was like, did they just flirt? And then they start doing it for real. And I was like, Oh my God, oh, they, <laughs> they're doing it. This is hilarious. But even in, in this scene, when he's at the end um, on the docks, he's playing and he's like lifting the kids up with his arm while he's talking to them like nonchalantly. I just thought that was really adorable hugely um, and, and she's that. just smiling like up at him and there's there's yeah. to your point there's not even any dialogue in that scene but the way that she's smiling at him and he's you know kind of like showing and off a little her, bit yeah. but in such a sweet way <laughs> like he's showing up with this cake and play fighting with the kids yeah it's he's good extremely with I mean, extremely sweet yeah mm-hmm. so well, i I, I think that yeah i think that for me really brought a lot um home for bucky um and uh is it was probably a little more direct and simpler than Sam's story, understandably so. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I also think, though, there are, are a few subtle things here in this episode that uh, do what they need to do to show how he has grown. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that while I, I actually think it's quite masterful how they were able to balance, you know, the the back half of the series did show much more of that growth and development and interiority for Sam that we were really needing. Cause to your point in the first yeah. couple episodes, you didn't get it as much. And I think that Bucky's arc wasn't sacrificed for it. I think that it, it just, like you said, um, was a little bit more straightforward, but a, a couple of things really stuck out to me. So we didn't see much of the conversation that he did have with Yuri and I wasn't really expecting to, I, I didn't say this on the podcast last week, but I kind of thought in the back of my mind that, we would get like the suggestion that he was walking into his apartment and then that would kind of be it. We like I need to tell it. you something. Yeah. And he would just shut the door. And that yeah. Was it. So we got a little bit more than that. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. What we did get is that he says, you know, your son was murdered by the winter soldier. And that was me. And he says it, you know, voice breaking. And I think that just again, that little moment does show the growth from episode one where he's, um, insincerely kind of doing his little speech right yeah um the winter soldier blah blah blah, blah. I'm, I'm like whatever it was i'm no longer the winter soldier i'm james bucky barnes this and that whereas now it's just like the winter soldier that was me past tense right yeah. like i think like you said yeah he is moving on i think the conversation with sam last episode helped right this is how you make amends as opposed to avenging right this is what you need to do and I think he's really owned it. And and in this conversation, too, when Yuri says to him why, he says, 
I didn't have a choice. And again, there you have the concept of choices, right? Like he has to live, like he tells Carly, with the nightmares of all of the people he has killed. And yet it's the choices that he makes now when he does have that free will, that when he has that freedom, again, that the therapist talks to him about back in episode one, that it's, okay, what are you going to do with that freedom? What are you going to do with that power and those choices to show to show us who you are as a person and yeah um yeah and then he checks on stuff. yori which touched my heart like he checks on yori at the restaurant yeah to make sure that he's he's okay like he just walks by because it's what it's probably wednesday and he knows that he's there and he checks on him just to make sure he's okay like I I, that, that really I, yeah i love it too yeah just that very again you know to sebastian stan's credit like the the acting on his face that you can tell that he's just kind of nodding like okay like he's all right the one more bucky moment from this episode though that i uh, appreciated was when he you know they're fighting and carly's like oh, give him somebody to rescue <laughs> um which is i think yeah. is, is interesting it, fa- it feels almost yeah. metatextual right in these big battle yeah. scenes like okay how are we gonna uh, heighten the stakes a little bit here all right there's gonna have to be somebody to rescue that they have to at the same time yeah um but so but, he but that just highlights her she's broken bad she's totally oh, yeah. she's gone to the dark side right because she's like like i clearly i know that i'm in the wrong here because this guy is good how do I get the good guy off my back? Let's go give him a different yes. problem to do. Like, <laughs> what is the difference but between he, him and me? Oh, gosh. And then earlier, though, earlier he has a great... So the, the, the we're kind of going in reverse order with Bucky in this episode. Um, but it, it's minor and it's funny, but I think it's also revealing when um, when that random lady hands him the phone and he's like, it, she's like, it's Carly. Mm. And instead of like, stopping the evac uh or, or like he he basically lets them get away while taking this call with carly which i thought was stupid i, I personally i'm like why would he do that yeah because she basically um um created a diversion but to his credit he still tries to talk her out of it yes he's still like like sam he's talking he's trying to talk her out of it and he's 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 arguing with her that's you you, you brought up the thing he said like I still see the, the face of the people I killed that I think that's where he says that. Mm-hmm. And so to his credit, he's, he is, he's still trying not to fight. Yes. Um, he's like, we don't want to fight. Stop. Yes. And, um, you know, of course she's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, down. and then has the, the nerve to, uh, <laughs> to insult him. Like, have you ever been able to say the same when she refers to fighting for something bigger than herself? And it's like, all right, the dude fought in World War Two. Like, come on. I, yeah. The dude yeah. fought in the Infinity War. <laughs> I hadn't even come thought on. about that. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, yeah. That's. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was the other? Oh yeah, and the other, the other moment is just when somebody actually says to him, "Thank you for saving us." And at first, I was like, "That's okay. That's kind of weird. Like, that feels like okay, an extra delivered this line. Thank you for saving us. It's like very strange." Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think, I think what that was meant to draw our attention to is that you know, Bucky. Bucky has had some time now to see himself as something other than the Winter Soldier, as something other than a killer. Yeah. And he he is a hero. And I think yeah. that he has had a hard time being able to to see himself as that. And other people are telling him that now. And I think that uh, that that's that's important for him. Mm-hmm. The one character we haven't really spoken about much at all yet is Sharon Carter. And I know you said you wanted to come back to her. Uh, what are your thoughts on on her her story here? Of course, we see she is the power broker, which I think you know many of us saw coming. 
Uh, but what did you think about that? I certainly did. Jude, yeah. Jude and Trey are trying to rewrite history and say that they did. They said they they didn't think it was, or I don't. I, I have to go back and listen. I'm but trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to I remember thought, the episode that you did with them. The it, writing was on the. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty, it pretty apparent. But now there's like I feel like there's a lot of theories now running around that she's a scroll. I saw that too. Um, yeah, and I'm like, I would be. I mean, obviously, it would make all the everyone who's upset that Sharon seems to be really bad, um, or at least morally compromised. I won't say bad. I'll say more morally compromised and dedicated to her her position as power broker, right? Um, as supreme in control. Um, that that would kind of erase that because it's not really Sharon. She's like locked in a cage somewhere. But I think if the if the MCU powers that be did that, I would be really disappointed in them because it would just basically negate her story arc, right. which is, which is agent 13, you know, crash lands is forgotten and renews herself as this power broker. And, and which is something of a feat. I mean, perhaps she's a villain, perhaps she's more complicated than a villain, but I think, I think there's something here. I don't think they had, time to, to really delve into it, but I'm certain, not certain, I'm, I'm sure that they would, they're going to pay this off in a future installment. Um, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested, but if she's a scroll, it might be a different story, but I, I think it would really ruin whatever, whatever we thought we had in the Falcon of the Winter Soldier. I agree. I, and here, here, here's what I'm thinking with the whole Sharon thing. Yes, it seemed blatantly obvious, maybe too obvious from the beginning that she would be uh, that, that she there was something up with her. Right. And so yeah. early on, I was like, OK, well, maybe not the power broker, maybe, you know, double agent, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, it became increasingly clear that if we were, you know, reading the show literally and and uh, not expecting that they would pull a, a twist on us, that yeah. textually it was supported all along that that she was mm-hmm. the power broker or at least working for the power broker and and you know she's on the phone with somebody at the end so maybe maybe it's a uh, other people who she works with you know in terms of uh this, like a consortium or right. something yeah i don't think she's a scroll and i i don't think i'd like it if she were i i think that what is interesting with her character is kind of the similarity with john walker in a way and the way that mm-hmm. the two of them um, at, open up some questions for the relationship between, you know, our heroes, villains, and everything in between with the government or government structures in, in general, right? Yeah. And how, like, both she and Walker kind of have this uh, resentment of being maybe used or or abused or, or discarded somehow, you know, after working for the government. And now, you know, we see her in the end getting her pardon as uh, a way of of getting back into <laughs> that structure. And as we, as we see the suggestion of, you know, that she's going to, um, you know, use that position and manipulate it. Yeah. So I, I think it's an interesting, I think she could be an interesting uh, antagonist moving forward. And while mm-hmm. I don't think that her, her arc here in the, in this series was, you know, the, one of the standouts for me, I, I don't, I don't dislike it. Yeah. She did the whole face melting off thing, which is a little shocking. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, okay, she she took him out. Okay, she's like, I got my guy. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, yeah, her she got the end tag on the credits, the post credit scene 
Walker's scene felt like an end credit scene also. Like one of those like comes in, it's neat and tidy, you know, introducing yeah. a character for the future. Um, even though it came um like three quarters through the episode. But oh, that's um interesting. Because I was kind of yeah. curious why why we didn't get two like we did with WandaVision. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that definitely could have been could have been the second one. Uh, it's, I wonder why they decided to put it in the main episode instead. Yeah. Uh, so I guess from there, you know, I, we've touched on it a little bit already, but do you have any lingering questions leaving the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Anything from this series that <laughs> is an unanswered question that is that you're still thinking about uh, and or just lingering questions about what this might mean for the future of the MCU? Yeah, I don't have any lingering questions. Um, I, you know, given the, the, this just occurred to me, given the importance that the blip has played, um, in these two series, I wonder if it's going to continue or if like, this is kind of signaling, like we're, we're addressing this issue globally, you know, in a way that maybe they, that the world can kind of move on. And so can all its characters. Um, cause I know with Loki, we're, we're probably, this is, that's a diff- completely different story path so story thread so um i don't i don't i I, and then with black widow obviously not it's in the past so um uh i wonder i I wonder if we're gonna see flag smashers or anything to do with their movement anymore i am wondering um what's gonna happen with val walker and demo yeah um you know and then um and then uh but but otherwise no no there's nothing from the series that I'm like, huh, I wonder, but more stuff in the future. Um, there, there is this debate I was having with a few people about whether or not there'd be a season two or if there should be. And I don't know if you saw the news, but they, they broke the news broke like right after the episode dropped that they were going to be doing a movie. Yeah. Um, and I am very happy with that. I think that is, I think that's a good thing. I, I, I think, I don't know how or why you do a second season it would just it would i don't know i just um i'm very happy about the movie i think sam should get his own movie um i don't know if bucky will be there or should be or if he gets his own movie i don't know but um i think they can definitely carry their own films and leave the the tv medium for new new characters i don't know (laughs) what about you tk i am with you on that i uh, when i saw that they I think some of the speculation about the season two, part of it at least came from the fact that for the Emmys, WandaVision was entered as a limited series, but then this one was Mm -hmm. um, entered as a drama. I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that that's more kind of about not being in competition with each other and less Mm -hmm. about the suggestion that this will be an ongoing drama. You know, what I appreciate about WandaVision and what I appreciate about this series here is that Sure, it's the it's the serialized TV show format, and I've spoken about how much I've enjoyed that. But it is still a contained piece, and I yeah. once you get into multiple seasons, I mean, a, as you know, as being a fan of TV, and you brought up Lost earlier, and like once you get into multiple seasons, right, you're you're navigating um, connection season to season. A lot of times, there's not necessarily strong consistency across seasons, and you need a plan, like yeah. unless you're gonna ba- unless you're gonna babble on five it, which was like. That guy had had that plotted every episode, five seasons, four movies. I mean, he had it all plotted beforehand. Yeah. Um, Which if any, anybody be, could do it, MCU, you know, could do it. But 
I, I just, I don't see it though. I yeah. mean, not with, I feel like they've got, I think, I feel like they have more to play with. And, um, if they were going to do it, these, I don't think these would be the shows cause they were, they were, let's say they didn't work. They'd go to a different model, yeah. you know, they would, they would, they would have moved to a different model, but they did work. And so now they're, they're going to, I just think with a serialized TV, there has to be procedural. There has to be some procedural element to it to continue season to season. Uh, and, you know, like I, I enjoyed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I didn't always enjoy it. And then it, it couldn't retain its connection to the MCU or right. didn't. Um, I don't know. And then there's all the, 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 the Netflix Marvel shows, too, which were brilliant. You know, some of some of which were brilliant in their yeah. own ways. But I. I agree with you about the completeness. Yes. I think there's some something really good about a show that can complete well. It's a very hard thing to do. Um, I know people weren't in discussions I've had with people about the WandaVision finale. They weren't as satisfied with it. There were some, some things left wanting mm-hmm. and I just constantly reminded them like, it's so hard to mm-hmm. end the show. It's like the hardest thing to end a show. Well, and especially so, um, when you take it's yes, it was ending the show, but it also had to connect to future things too. So it's doubly hard. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I thought this this one this one, like you said, the, the 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 last episode teed you up emotionally and then just launched into it. Yeah. And like and it was a half hour of like solid action and speechifying, and then the 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 cool down where you got all that um, all that character work. Yeah. And interiority. Um, so so that's I, I'm all this is to say I'm excited to see what Marvel um, does in this format with the movies and in the um, the programs, uh, because I think they they I, I wonder if they're kind of giddy because it's a lot. They might be a lot more successful than they could have imagined. So I hope that gives them more impetus to take bigger risks like they did with WandaVision. I completely agree. And I think that, uh, yeah, what you don't want is that success to get to a place of, oh, great, it was successful. Let's do a season two without yeah. having that vision that ties in. And I do think Marvel Studios mm-hmm. has a track record of of planning ahead and making sure that these series, as they've entered this world of these official MCU series, that they do connect, that they are part of the bigger plan, that we're going to be seeing things, you know, years down the line that pay off things that we saw in WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I, yeah. I'd prefer not to see them take that um, that route of like, all right, Falcon and the Winter Soldier part two, what would it, you know, what yeah. would it even be? I think I think the follow-up has got to be the, the Sam-centric movie that also connects to some of these characters and then tells it, it tells its own complete story, you know, in part of yeah. the bigger universe. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think we're in agreement on that, which is not to say that I don't love these characters and I loved the the directing and the writing for this show. Uh, yeah. but I think too much of a good thing could become, you know, <laughs> uh, you should always be left wanting more. I think, yeah. I think that that's a mark of a good show left wanting more, but not too much more. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and as you said, tough balance to strike. Yeah. Um, all right, Daniel, before we wrap up anything else that you wanted to say about this episode or this series? Um, that's it. I am just very happy to, to have uh, an avenue or a venue to be able to have these conversations. And, um, and I will continue to, to listen. I'm very excited to see um, what's next because I know we have a little bit of time before 
the next series drops. Yes. Is that do. right? Yeah, yeah, June. So what 11th. are we going to talk about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what's funny is I was about to ask you if you had any upcoming appearances on any podcasts planned. Uh, <laughs> I do not. <laughs> but it has been great working with you, and I know you know you worked with with Trey and Judah as well. So as the the MCU continues to to grow in in new directions, I would love to uh, you know be in conversation with you again and and have you on the show again moving forward. And as for for this show, the There Was an Idea podcast, I am actually moving this week. The, the Excellent. Yes, and I, I have been uh, very, very busy all month kind of preparing for this. But mm-hmm. the timing of this finale works out very well because after we wrap uh, listen uh, recording this podcast, I'm going to be packing up my, my recording equipment <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and getting ready to move. Um, but so that being said, I, I have a, probably a, a week that I won't be releasing new content after this episode drops. And, and then after that, I'm making, a, an appearance on the show that was formerly known as MCU in review, but is now uh, called the Avengers podcast. The Avengers. And, um, after that, I Fantastic. have some, yeah, and I have some bonus stuff that I will be releasing between, between now and oh. when Loki drops, but uh, some outtakes and some other <laughs> some Thank other goodness. fun things like that. Yeah, so I'll have a little bit of a brief break, but uh, I, I'm not going to stay away for for too long. Good. Well, um, thanks for uh, thanks for the the opportunity and uh, good luck on the move. Yeah, thank you so much. And and again, thank you for joining me on the podcast. And I hope to continue to to chat with you, uh, whether it just be over social media, uh, and again in in, in future recorded situations to talk about MCU projects uh, as, as we move on in the MCU. If you enjoyed this conversation about the finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you can follow the podcast at anidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Artwork was designed by Brooke Pender, who you can follow at Pender Illustrations on Instagram. Music by Demeter Salvia, who you can find on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in in June for my weekly discussion of the big ideas of Loki. And in the meantime, keep an eye on your feed for some bonus episodes. Thanks for listening.